Well, let's get straight into our 10 o'clock conversation. Let me welcome onto the show the leader of Rise Mzanzi, who is Songezo Zibi. He's somebody that um, will be known as an author, as a um, former newspaper editor, um, somebody who's been in the corporate circle for a long time. Mr. Zibi, good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Kathy, good morning and thanks for having me. It's great to speak to you. So, uh, you know, it's quite ironic that we have this conversation uh, the day after the State of the Nation address. Uh, I know we were scheduled to do it last week, but we had to move it around. Um, But but really, you know, part of what you want to do um, as the leader of Rise Mzanzi is that you're putting in an application, you're putting in your CV to be the next guy who delivers the State of the Nation address. And I wonder this morning, why do you think that you must give it, be given that opportunity? What would you do differently to what perhaps we have seen, to what we have experienced that is really so top and fresh of our minds coming out of Sona last night? Kathy, thanks once again. So, you know, I think because it's election time uh, soon, uh, the conversation tends to be about the election itself. But I, I'd like to share quickly why myself and my colleagues at Rise Mzanzia are doing this. The, the, the big reason, the reason is to try and transform South African society in many different areas within and outside politics. But politics is really central to how you drive that transformation of society. We've had 30 years of democracy we need to review and and decide what works and what doesn't work, which is a process that we've gone through uh, uh, with Rizem Sansi, and then say what needs to fundamentally change. I think the question of whether a person like myself or anybody else is suitable for the job must be seen in the context of what that transformation looks like. And I think it's important. We personalize politics a lot and personalities are important, but I think the reason is important. And and that looking back and looking forward of the last 30 years and, and the next is, is really important. I think that the most important reason uh, is, uh, there are two reasons really. One is that South Africa needs a fresh start. It needs new, younger, more energetic, more worldly leadership that reflects the, the type of South Africa that we that we have in terms of its diversity, whether it is class, it is geographical location, and so on. I think that's that's important. The second thing, as as regards to me personally, is that I'm actually a deeply patriotic and caring South African. We can talk about, you know what abilities I think I have and my colleagues have and what Raisa Mzansi brings about. But I think the most important thing that South Africa is looking for right now are leaders in the public space who do things in good faith and for the common good and are, you know, are, are dedicated to deepening our democracy. And I think that's, that's what we offer. Songezo, before we get into your politics and mm. you know your political ideology let's perhaps yes. just try and understand mm. who are you the last time i saw you 
You were in the corridors of one of the big <laughs> banks in the country. Yes, yes, still somebody who's very deeply concerned about the state of the country and, you know, speaking very passionately about um, some of the challenges and, 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 and the issues that you see. And I, I blinked and you were at Ravonia Circle heading up this think tank. So speak to me about the journey that, that you have been on. Because the journey is a is a lifelong one. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm from a village in the Eastern Cape. Uh, my mother is there. My family is there. I have a home there. It's where I go and I, and I, and, I, and I call home. That's really important in this context because it is also in areas like that where you get to work out whether the Tinsualos the president spoke about have the kind of life that the president was describing uh, last night in a State of the Nation address. And that remains a, a very powerful reason for me why I decided to enter the political space. So that's the, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is that I also have had the privilege of being educated by this country through the NSFAS program, right? Uh, it was TEFSA at the time. And Education is the opportunity to be educated and work either in the public service or in the private sector. It's not just so we can look after our families. It is also so that we can be good citizens that make our society better. And I think we do not have enough people who believe that about themselves and that they can perform the kind of role that they can play in making society and the country better and the politics better and that sort of thing. So that's a very important uh, thing to me. Finally, I have uh, over the course of my life from the time that I was 14 years old been involved in politics in one or either way. Uh, granted in the PEC and Azapo in my case, uh, but generally politics has always been part of who, of who I am and what drives me all the way into, you know, into journalism, actually, because I thought it's an opportunity to make a difference to society. When I read about just your trajectory, your, your longer-term trajectory, um, yeah. what, what I wasn't aware of is that, you know, journalism is almost a footnote because mm. the first time I would say I know about Songya Zozibi is through the byline, right? Through yes, the, yes. the many pieces that you've written um, on developments in this country. And I think that's how many others who've come to know you on a public platform would be mm. through the work you've done as, as a journalist. And yet that, that seems to be just a small part of what you've actually done in in your career yes i've been i've been fortunate i mean i've 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 had the opportunity to go to university and drop out and do something else <laughs> like millions i think of of young south africans but i was lucky and, and this is very useful for what we're trying to do now my first job was at volkswagen in utnik it's karyakha now I was there for eight years. I worked in the communications uh, department and I left uh, in 2006 as um, as public relations manager for, for Volkswagen. What was important about that was a transformation in uh, that area, the Nelson Mandela Bay, underwent as a result of the Motor Industry Development Plan, which is I got to experience firsthand the kind of positive transformation in people's lives and in an area, including myself, because I, did, I, I got to have a job when the politics works to produce outcomes. 
I then went into the mining sector, 2006 to 2013, and I began to see a reversal of that optimism that I had had because the mining industry has suffered from underinvestment for a very long time for, for a variety of reasons to the extent that it has continued to lose jobs over time. And so I saw that in action. I participated in uh, business to government policy making processes with unions and that sort of thing. Gave me very valuable experience. I then became a, a journalist, a senior associate editor at the Financial Mail and editor of Business Day. I had a different experience interacting with different sectors of society. And finally, I worked for, for a bank, Barclays Africa Group initially, became APSA again, you know, uh, for another six years, for another five years before I got into Rivonia Circle and then Rise Mzansi. That also had its own experience and learnings. At the point that you left the bank to go and join um, Rivonia Circle, did you know what you wanted to do? <laughs> and I'm going to ask you to be honest. <laughs> I had an idea. No, did, no, we had an idea. Did, you had an idea. So, so we, you didn't, you didn't go into it, into it blindly. No, no, absolutely not. We knew from the get-go and, and we announced from the get-go that this was a political intervention. The only thing we wanted to work out was what is the most effective political intervention? And that was the role of the, of the Rivonia circle in this equation. Is it just civil society action? So because we've, we've had an ideological position that we'll talk about, Kathy, th that came out a out of the Rivonia circle process and conversation with South Africans from all walks of life and so on. And that conversation at the Rivonia circle and through the Rivonia circle continues. But the Rivonia circle was political from the get-go and we said so. Part of the reason why I'm quite interested with this aspect of, of our conversation, Songhez, is that, mm. um, and this is just an observation, and you can tell me your views yep. on it and, and feel free to disagree, of course, yep. is that when I, when I look at the, 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 the track record of mm. an Ahang SA, Mampel, mm. Dr. Mampela Rampel, mm. um, Herman Mashaba, mm. Musimai Mani, those are the ones that just come top of mind, mm. is that all of these are individuals that um, at some point in their lives wanted to test out whether this idea of getting into politics would actually work. Mm. And there does seem to be a bit of a reluctance to go in hard and say, well, you know, this is... Uh, you know, I'm I'm switching from corporate and I'm now enter, entering the political arena. I'm running for office. And mm. th that transition, what is the role of this transition? Is it a, a period where one is testing out the waters? One is getting a sense of will this work? Won't it work? Um, s speak to me about that. So I think as a, a general philosophy, I think it is important that people do that. Uh, the way we set about uh, asking ourselves and, and South Africans the question was different. Remember at the beginning I said it depends on the purpose for which you are doing it. If your only purpose is to win political office, that's a different conversation. We're trying to do something much bigger and over a longer period, and that is to fundamentally transform the political and social 
thinking and framework in South Africa. We want people in the church, we want people in civil society, in sports organizations and so on to think differently about what South Africa's future looks like. We want to deepen democracy because we've had a democracy that in, on, in theory is really great but in practice is not. So our objective is bigger and the role of the Rivonia Circle and part of the Rivonia, reason the Rivonia Circle continues as a non-profit company doing its work is because there is a bigger purpose out there for its existence. And so our setting out had something to do with politics in the narrow sense but I need listeners to understand the purpose is much bigger. Mm. But it was helpful, Casey, yeah. because you talk to South Africans and they tell you what kind of politics they want, not what we want from you as Songhezo or as, you know, Lorato Tsengeng and so on, what we want out of politics. And you take that and in the case where you make a political intervention, you try and reflect what the people have said, but the bigger agenda continues. Yeah, you, you know, as you're speaking, um, you, you, you're taking me right back to um, um, a, an idea or a concept of, of reimagine essay, which is what Dr. Rampella tried to do, right? Because she too was advocating for uh, a transformation of our society, at least in the way that it exists today. And to say, well, what is a new roadmap that we can chart forward? Can we reimagine um, yeah. what we have now can and 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 how do we reimagine it into into the future and i know that in, in your book uh, manifesto you've got a whole chapter of of reimagining the state and yeah. and so i i guess more broadly songhezo the, the the idea of of needing to transform this country yeah. is something that is there it's something that many south africans would agree with because yeah. what we have right now with the 30 year outlook has clearly not worked but what would you want us to reimagine south africa into so as you speak about the need to transform the society transform yeah. it into what so let me give two specific examples, Keith. The political conversation usually is about what political parties are going to do for the people. That's not how it should be. A democracy is a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. We have a democracy of the political parties, by the political parties, for the political parties. Transforming this means we decenter the political party as a central animating agent in South Africa in favor of broader and more meaningful democratic participation at a local level, at a provincial level, and at a national government level. So, so that that injunction in the Freedom Charter and elsewhere that says the people shall govern becomes real. And that is why our organizing model is what I would call democracy from below. And, and I need to make a distinction between ourselves and some of the people that you've mentioned. In a way, those became centered around the individual and their profile and so on. I, you know, I, I don't want to flatter myself, but my profile isn't so big. I'm a relative unknown in South Africa, and that's deliberate. That's really important because you need to center the whole effort around the idea of people owning the democracy. So that's the first thing. We patronize people. We say we're going to do this for you. And if you vote for me, your life will be better. But sit at home and people sit at home and nothing changes. We're saying democracy needs to be meaningfully participative all the time. 
So that's one example. The second example is that the role of political leaders, Casey, does not begin and end in parliament or with an election. The role of leaders, political leaders, is to bring different sectors of society to work towards a common purpose. And that the legislative process becomes a reflection of that consensus. What we have is political parties sitting alone by themselves, believing they can transform the country on their own. And the rest of society doesn't really meaningfully participate in that process. Politicians or leaders are supposed to do what? To minister to society. They need credibility. They need, and that credibility is earned. And that is one of the reasons why this election is important. But we have, and we talk consistently about a generation, which is 25 years. That transformation is going to be long, but we need to start now. We're in conversation with Songyezo Zibi. He is the leader of Rise Mzanzi. So many questions that I still have for him. Of course, I'm not the only one that's allowed to ask questions. You will too in a moment on 86 That's the number to dial 86 On the WhatsApp voice note line 0614-104-107. It's 10.30. Time for the latest news headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. All right, apologies for that. I was getting ahead of myself, just wanted to continue the conversation. We're talking to Songezo Zibi. He's the leader of Rise Mzanzi. Songezo, um, this idea of decentering the political party within yes. our society, what yeah. we have now and how the system works is also a function of the legislation. So when you then say you're taking a long-term view, how do you envision an organization like Rise Mzanzi being able to do what you want to do within the current legislative framework? Um, Because, of course, the only opportunity that you're going to have to fully do what you want to do is that uh, to some level you, you're going to have to change legislation and, and right now you don't have the opportunity of doing that because you don't have a, a majority. No, absolutely, Kathy. This is how democracy is supposed to work. You present your idea on the table. You play within the current rules that are available. You convince enough people to, to either get a majority or get into a coalition. And then once you've got the political power, you, change, you use it to change the rules. So it is no impediment that you need to legislate. This is exactly the reason why we needed to get into politics. So that we can win the confidence of the people and change the rules. Um, when I look at the approach that you have taken, including to, to campaigning, it reminds me a lot of what the former U.S. president did, uh, Barack Obama, in terms of building his support from, from the ground up. Uh, did, did you look at the, the model and what worked for him? No, of course we did. And, and it was, and <laughs> oh, it, so and I it, am right. <laughs> no, no, yeah. And it, okay. We don't have a presidential system here. What was important, what, what uh, former President Barack Obama was able to do, and, you know, and Emmanuel Ma- Macron and others have done similarly. So, you know, it's an organizing method rather than, you know, 
a personality issue. And that is, you have to try and build a broad consensus in society around an idea. You can't have that consensus sitting in your office and talking to, to people who already agree with you. You've got to do the hard work of meeting, seeing, seeking out and meeting and talking to people who fundamentally disagree with you but who want change and their path to change is 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 different to what you are you are envisaging and you get to a point of consensus where you say we agree we we can move along this path that gives you the grassroots presence that i think we are now able to demonstrate as rising sons to many people's surprise and and upset because we've taken the trouble to go to places nobody bothers unless there's an election. And those people have loved the conversation we've had and they are part of the change which is which continues to evolve. One of the questions that political parties will face and an organization like yours will be no different is who is behind this party? Who is backing um, Rizam Zanzi financially because, you know, we've been able to see the work that you, you've done and there's clearly a lot of people that have put in a lot of money to be to enable you to be able to do what it is that you're doing. Yes, Kathy, and, and those people number in the hundreds, uh, by the way, uh, which is also partly an outcome of the organizing model that we that we have there are people that in terms of the of the electoral act would fall in the 100,000 and above uh, threshold uh, who have to be published and we're waiting for the IEC to do so at their convenience yeah, because all of that information is, uh, is is in but there are three categories broadly of people that uh, that do, that that contribute to rise and firstly it's ourselves and our activists and we always, to the greatest extent possible, uh, within our means, use our own money to get a lot of things done. Especially in the beginning, when the organization virtually didn't uh, didn't exist, yet, and we needed to mobilize resources. And those people continue to do that. The second who number in the hundreds are people who give between fifty rand and ninety five, ninety nine thousand rand. Um, and I need to say about those who give on the upper end, by the way, we have quite a few people or many people who can afford to give us, you know, 500,000 rand, a million rand, but don't because they are afraid of being identified as being part of a new organization that is challenging, you know, the establishment. They established two parties, the ANC in particular, but in some instances the DA. And there is something to to talk about there in terms of still the development that that is needed in the democracy the the last category are are people who have enough money and are bold enough to give us over 100,000 rand and it is those names that are going to come out uh, out of the IEC uh, process is Ravonia Circle funding you at all no, absolutely not. The Rivonia Circle is a company, Kathy. It's a non-profit company in terms of the Companies Act. It is prohibited from making contributions to a political organization. That is why I resigned. That is why we had to form a voluntary association uh, initially to drive the formation of Rise Mzansi. And uh, it's, it's just not, not allowed. 
And it doesn't it doesn't have that kind of money anyway <laughs> as a non-profit. Okay. When I look at your your book um, manifesto and and really for anybody who's uh, interested in Songhezo Zibi's politics um uh, the book manifesto a new vision for South Africa I think would be a a good place to start in terms of understanding him and um subsequently the organization that he now leads Rise Mzanzi. Um one of the things that you speak about there, because in the book you, you're also manifestly clear about the fact that, you know, you at some point are going to have to uh, raise your hand up for political office. Uh-huh. And th- you released this book in, in 2022. And uh-huh. you, you, you talk about what you believe are some of the challenges that uh-huh. would face any new political players in, in the South African uh-huh. landscape. And, and one of those is um, you say is that I believe the highest obstacles we have to overcome before we chart a way to a better future are psychological, chief Mm. of which is accepting that we must exclude the ANC as a central pillar of South Africa's future. Mm. Uh, Later on, you say we must also disabuse ourselves of the notion that President Cyril Ramaphosa will get anything significant fixed even if he were a decisive and capable leader, which he is not, he draws his political legis- legitimacy from an inherently degenerative organization, the ANC. The ANC really is the Achilles heel for many political organizations, and including yourself. This psychological barrier, um, what do you think exists in the psychological barrier is it not an easy way out for individuals like yourselves and other members of of the opposition that have been unable to Mm. really amass the kind of support that Mm. the anc has to then Mm. say well it's psychological this is why people are not voting for any other party no, so let me explain what I mean in the book about psychological, by the way. L- let me give you an example. So, you know, I know people think we've got lots of money, uh, which we don't. But l- let me give the listeners an insight into what people, wealthy people, that we've approached to support us in what we're doing. So they say, who's backing you? What do you mean? Like, which big shots are, are backing you? Like, powerful people. So give me an example. And they mention ANC people. Right, this conversation usually assumes that it's just the poor voters who like keeping their NC. But even wealthy people's idea of credible leadership is still subconsciously someone from the ANC. The ANC has been for the longest time the Coca-Cola of South African politics. It is no insult to anyone to say that there is a psychological barrier because it's all most of us have ever known. Right, It's important to therefore have that conversation with readers of my book to say we have to break that psychological barrier that says the ANC is the center of how we imagine the future. We must make ourselves sweat in terms of character and bravery and intellectually to imagine afresh what the future of this country needs to look like. That's the point I'm making. In a moment, I'm going to go straight to our listeners. I've got so many callers already lined up for you. Lots of WhatsApp voice notes, uh, questions, most of them to you. So we're going to try and squeeze in as many of them as we can after this quick break. 
The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're in conversation with Songezo Zibi. He's the leader of Rise Mzanzi. I'm going straight to our uh, phone lines in Peter Maritzburg. Is it Awe? Good morning. Good morning, oh. Awe. Morning, morning, Katie. Yes, morning. How are you, Katie? Great, you're live on the radio. Go straight into yes. it, Awe. Okay, yeah, I, I wanted to uh, like to speak to Songezo. I hear that he's coming up with a great idea. But what I fail to hear is him like addressing the real issue that we have as a citizen, like especially in the communities of uh, black people, if I can put it that way, where we hardly see people uh, being interested like in uh, making this country work, while uh, we like mostly uh, support uh, criminal elements mostly, especially like uh, when, uh, let's say, like the notorious guys who are like uh, dominating the society by influencing them to do the negative things. And then we hardly see all those opposition parties taking part, like to enlighten people. And then like we will find like people in the, Informal settlements mostly, they are played there, but we hardly see the opposition parties also take part there because, like, in the informal settlement, especially the people are renting them, not that they're owning those places, but you will find them being used to gain political votes and all, and all those things instead of being facing the real reality that people need to work for what they to, to achieve, like, instead of being told something else that and uh, try to uh, output the what you call it the the party that is ruling at the moment okay. instead of like trying to help each other to rise up because like most of the things what I've seen I've worked like for almost 20 years people are losing jobs because of they are drinking too much no one is also addressing that part okay all like, right I'll wait like uh, community and then all right Awe, i'm going to leave it there with you for this morning churchill you're out in mtata good morning good morning Katie. Uh, <coughs> let me first greet Jim Kool. Bukhan, Nassel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> thank you thank you Tom. Uh, our i mean our country is in big problems honestly and uh, i must say that we need leaders like you and I wish you all the best in all your endeavors. Thank you. But uh, two quick ones. Yes. What do you say to a South African who would say, look, mm. maybe Songhez is going to be like the rest of them. They all come like this. They promise that and that mm. and that and that. Then at the end of the day, it's all about them. That's the mm. first one. Mm-hmm. Two, how do you appeal to those uh, probably members of the ends? And in the first one, it's mostly the youth in the first mm. one. Mm. Uh, how do you South Africans who are trapped in the politics of the ANC or trapped in that cocoon. I've met many friends who say we don't see an alternative. We're frustrated by what the ANC is doing, but let's rather sit down. They rather not participate in all these uh, democratic processes. They've given up. They are men of this of South Africans like that. In the ANC, we've been very loyal to the ANC. They don't see an alternative. If you could uh, respond to those challenges. All right, all right Churchill, you, Churchill. Thanks for Thank those you. questions. In KZN, Zbu, good morning. 
Morning, Oskar. How are you? Good, thank you, Spoo. Go for it. Yes, uh, I just want to uh, ask uh, Mr. Songhead Ozibi there what's uh, his take uh, on the collision? Uh, which side is he taking? Because uh, I believe there's a moonshot organized by the DA. And uh, as far as his numbers are concerned, surely he'll need uh, to, co- to go into collision with uh, someone who, who is he planning to go into collision with. And what is uh, his take on free education, land, and mineral resources? Thank you. All right. All right, Boo. Thanks for that. Power, you're out in Pondoland. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this is just a, 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 an advice. How if you come direct to our easy table, that is our traditional traditional centers, where you let us discuss about our own future in our own environment and talk about our own economic uh, 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 economic uh, growth according to the uh, the, 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 according, according to what is there in that particular community, rather than uh, bringing the Eurocentric type of doing this. And let, let me give you an example. We arrest the thieves, we arrest the rapists, and then we send them to these Euro-minded courts where these people are being released. How if now you take all the resolutions from there, local uh, authorities and use them for the benefit of us instead of everything that is in south africa that is uh, is, is arrived at is euro euro eurocentric uh, mindset so, sort of come to our traditional authorities drive south africa according to our own 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 uh, own views and opinions from the local authorities that All is right. my take all right, Power, thanks for that contribution. Songezo, let me give you a chance to respond. I'm going to ask you where possible. Uh, keep it as brief as, as you brief, can yeah. because we've got lots mm. more uh, questions for you. Thank you. Let me start with the, with the last caller. And I'm sorry, I, I didn't note the name quickly. Power. Uh, power, yes, yes. From what Power said. Power has just described our organizing method. That's all I'd say. We, the reason I mentioned earlier on democracy, Hello, Songezo. Hi. All right. I, I, I lost you on the line a bit there. If you can start with that response again, please. Okay. Can you hear me, Kathy? Yes, I can hear you again now. Qu- quickly, no, I said that uh, power has just described the philosophy behind our organizing method as Rizemzans. It's democracy from below. Get together as the community. Decide what is politically important to you. Organize at a local level and agitate democratically to get it done. That gives people the opportunity to use the local flavors and traditions to resolve some of the issues. I mean, we won't be able to go deep into the issues, yet, but philosophically, in terms of democracy from below, local methods and mores and so on, and cultural nuances, really, really important in terms of our organizing method, and that's why we're growing. The second is what uh, Churchill said. Uh, I want to give you hope, Churchill, that actually a lot of the people that are organizing with us, that are our supporters who now number in the hundreds of thousands, uh, are actually from the ANC or from the 
ANC uh, school uh, of thought. It is because we are a viable alternative that that propagates a certain type of political organizing and a certain type of politics, progressive politics, that resonates with them, that they are with us. So there is hope, but what we need as people who have the confidence and the courage to go for it and build an alternative. So that's my answer to, to Churchill. Uh, to what uh, we said, you know, one of the great things uh, that I'm so glad we did and is reflected in our manifesto is that the consultation method that we use, especially in the development of the manifesto, which is why we call it the People's Manifesto rather than Rhizom Zanzi's Manifesto, is because it provided people in informal settlements and elsewhere with the, with the, the opportunity to say what would work for them. Here's what I want to tell listeners. South Africans do not like handouts. They want to be empowered. I think over time there has been a narrative that, you know, there's a sense of entitlement and so on. And I'll give a very specific example. When we say that our idea is that no child should not get an education, especially after matric because their parents have no money. But here's the deal. All of us, to the extent that we can, must contribute whatever we can afford and the government can top you up so that that assistance from the government can cover as many people as possible. People like that idea. We call it solidarity in terms of our values as uh, as Rizem Zanzi. We all chip in with what we can and the system, the political system, helps those who can't so that those who've got nothing get 100% help. So we've been able to animate the South African spirit. And the last thing from SBU, which side are we on in the coalition? We've refused to, to pick sides in coalitions. In other parts of the world, uh, you maximize your vote and then you grow up after the election. Uh, you stop fighting, you sit around the table and you have a pragmatic conversation and you go into a coalition with those who are trustworthy enough to keep the deal going for, for, for the next five years and are going to place the priorities of the people first rather than their, their, their quest for power for its own sake. All right, we continue our conversation with Songezo Zibi. Songezo, I'm going to play you uh, the questions on our WhatsApp voice note line. I'll play the voice note. You can answer directly after the question. Uh, good morning, Sis Katie. Yes, my question to your guest, oh, Songezo Zibi is that why they are not is not joining like the likes of Hemen Mashaba or Musumaimane to have a one party instead of like forming uh, these many parties because as people people as people on the ground we are tired we want to vote for an opposition party that already is there we don't want to try in fact new parties thank you very much from in Willowvale, as Lalin, Eastern Cape. Songezo? So, the kind of politics that we propagate is really important because what's important is what resonates with voters. And, uh, uh, and I'll give Andile a quick statistic. Uh, out of 41 million South Africans uh, in 2021, 28 million did not vote for anybody at all. That said to us, whatever is on the table, people already do not like. Firstly, that was important. Secondly, we have this multi-generational project that uh, uh, that I spoke about. 
unfortunately, neither Herman nor, nor Musi or any of these people have placed a similar vision uh, on the table. The, the work of transforming South Africa fundamentally is the central driver rather than who do you join in the next election to win political power. That's important also, but it's not the main thing. Morning, Katie. Can you please ask Sondezo what is his organization's policy towards the redistribution of land? Because without that, and for the past 30 years, that has not happened. We are going nowhere. Not only that, also, what is he going to, to, to do about the, the monopoly of big business in this country that are not beneficial to the majority? of our people. Thank you. So one of the things we've said, Kathy, is that we actually need to think about but moving from a restitution because there is that project as well, which is if you lost a piece of land, you must get it back, right? And then we must redistribute. We are actually suggesting that we move straight to redistribution of land. That's a conversation that we need to have. And as part of that package, we must use the opportunity of expropriating land for a public purpose as our constitution does. I think that's important. To the second question is there are two sides to this. One, we have not done enough to support uh, financially and with all sorts of other support, 100% black-owned businesses. And I think that's, that's important. The rate of failure of black and woman-owned enterprises is too high, and we need to provide better support. We're very specific about what we're going to do in order to achieve that. On the top end, we also say we will use the the competition commission, the competition regulations in the country to ensure that you don't have harmful monopolistic and oligopolistic um, uh, tendencies in the economy that prevent entry by new entries into into all sorts of industries. So I think we might be on the same page there. Uh, Mamkete, good morning. You're speaking to Undumis from from Brakpan. Yeah, can you ask Usongez uh, over there, Oguti? Uh, in terms of um, now appointing uh, his cabinet, uh, these various departments, uh, what approach will is he gonna take? Because uh, currently, ne. It, Probably it's only two departments where you can say, okay, no, I, 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 the appointments make sense. Like for the Minister of Finance and Minister of Health, the rest, they don't make sense. You, you can't understand how exactly it's measured, you know, uh, from a, a qualification perspective, you don't understand. Do, does that people have any experience on what energy is, for instance, uh, nature conservation? What experience do they have? They all seem to be politically motivated, you know. Uh, what what approach will he take? Will he rope in industry players to be actually be ministers? I'm interested mainly on that because I'm tired of us having people running departments who know nothing about the departments or at least of what the industry is about of that department. Thanks for that question. So we've taken an approach that says we need to get the best people for the job. 
there are industry players, but I also want to remind Ndumi so that there are people who also deal with the same themes as members of uh, non-governmental organizations. By that time, or, or non-business and non-governmental organizations, they are, they are great people in the NGO sector, for instance, who are activists who understand very well the themes that they're talking about and are very useful to the development of policy. The second thing, though, is that we want leaders who we call system leaders. Not a single government department can work alone and be effective. It always has to work in sync with other government departments. What is really important is that we organize cabinet and run the government in such a way that that cooperation between government departments, between national government, provincial and local government works a heck of a better than it currently does now. Mm. All right. That's where we are unfortunately going to have to leave it for this morning with Songezo Zibi. He's the leader of Rise Mzanzi. I know lots of you are already uh, starting to ask questions about the manifestos. We are going to have separate conversations on the different po- political party manifestos, it may not, it may or may not necessarily include um, the party leaders themselves, but because that obviously requires a different approach in terms of uh, even the the kind of interviews that we'll be doing. Uh, but for now, uh, Songezo Zibi is where we will leave the conversation. Thank you so much for coming onto the show, and um, all of the best in your in your endeavours. Thank you very much, Kathy. And thanks to the listeners who called in and sent voice notes. Fantastic. Songezo Zibi is the leader of Rise Mzanzia. So many of you getting in touch and wanting to ask different questions. Apologies. That's all we could squeeze in. Um, I think maybe going into the future, I'll also try and start with those questions. Um, open the lines immediately at 22 uh, so that we do get to as many of your questions as possible. All right. It is 11 o'clock. It's time for the latest news update on the other side of this is your favorite it's how you know we've come to the end of the week it is the friday wind down